Donkey Kong, the arcade sensation. Now you can play Donkey Kong on your ColecoVision, Atari VCS, or Intellivision video game system. Donkey Kong has multiple screens, just like the arcade game. Hello and welcome to Lapsed Gamer Radio, the community podcast about video games which aims to bring lapsed and active gamers together in an effort to keep the hobby alive for us all. I'm your host Mark Hamer and today we'll be talking about what we've been playing recently and any new stories of note. Joining me today are our resident Warhammer expert Andy Piddy and British exile Adam Ducker. Good evening gentlemen. Woohoo! Patriots! Um. <laughs> Super Bowl winners! Yeah, as you can tell from the muted response from me and Adam, we yeah, don't give I'll a fuck. I'll make up for it. <laughs> no. I did watch it all, though. <laughs> did you watch it just for know. the halftime show? Uh, kind. My wife wanted to watch that, so then that oh. was like, okay, well, now there's an excuse to have it on the TV, at least. Did you hashtag yeah. boycott Gaga? I didn't hashtag anything. Okay, good. Just, <laughs> No. <laughs> Right, uh, before we move on, I guess we better do a backlog update. Nobody's got any confessions. Great, let's move on. Uh, you, uh, oh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Somebody has a confession. I don't know what, what you're talking about, mate. Host. What do you think's a host? Might have got another game. Oh, Maybe. I see. Uh, well, I'll talk about it when we do what we've been playing, because I have been playing a fair bit of it since I picked it up last night. But I went twosies on it. Um... And Another we got loophole. some cheap PSN credits, so it effectively cost me a tenner. So it costs. It could cost you a penny, and you're still breaking the rule. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I've broken the rule a long time ago. So you know, yeah, what does it so. matter? As long as I, as long as I, as I said last week, um, as long as I'm uh, finishing games at a faster rate than I'm buying them, then I'm clearing my backlog, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, I get you. That's what I, like how I use backloggery because that tracks the new games that you've registered versus the games mm-hmm. you've beaten so then it yeah. kind of gives you a number so at the minute mine's like plus five because I've beaten five games but I haven't bought any or something like that so yeah I can Did I you treat yourself the yeah yeah no, you know, I've beaten a bun- I've beaten a lot of games already since the beginning of the year uh, I'm on the verge of beating another one um, and I'm close to beating another two as well uh, so I thought you know Treat myself. These are just slow, to, these are just slow, slow <laughs> what can you do for steps a into darkness. You know, people just say that, oh, I'll only do this, I'll only do that. It's only a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And what happens? It just takes control and consumes them. Little steps make the big steps, and the fall <laughs> comes hard, and you don't even realise it. No, I'm doing well. They're like, there's still loads of games out there that I would like to, to, to play that I'm not getting. Like games from like city season last year that I would like to play, but I will wait until some point in the future and pick them up cheap. You know, if I see if if I, a silly offer presents itself to me, like getting a game that was last week fifty quid for a tenner, then you know you why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, apart from that, I haven't finished any more games since last week. Um, I've just come. A lot closer to finishing a few. Uh, have either of you games? Uh, either of you guys finished any games since last week? Nope. Nope. Uh, Resident Evil, which I'll talk about later. 
Okay, cool. Uh, that's it, actually. Yeah, just that. Fair enough. Well, I, yeah, whatever. That's our backlog update. So, moving on to what we've been playing. Um, Adam, what do you start mm-hmm. us off? It's been a sure. while since you've been on. It has been. So, some things I won't go into too much detail about. Um, I beat Mass Effect since the turn of the year because I decided I wanted to go back and play all of them before Andromeda was out. Um, the first one this was the first one yeah which was actually my first time Mm. playing it because when it originally came out on ps3 it wasn't out on ps3 at the time so you kind of did that weird genesis comic to make the choices um yeah it's a bit rough to go back to um oh it has not aged well it's not aged well and the combat is because the combat's effectively still like dice rolls at that point even though it's running in real time Mm -hmm. and it's just well it was it was the first time Bioware had ever tried to make a, yeah. what is effectively like a cover-based shooter yeah. with really heavy RPG dice roll mechanics in yeah. there. And yeah, they, they really hadn't, they really did not nail it on their first attempt. Yeah, and it just didn't work. So the easiest, I found, I looked up on Reddit, like the easiest way to play through it and everyone was saying just play on casual difficulty and be a soldier and then you can kind of just brute force your way through the combat. Um, which yep. I did. Yeah, I still think it rem- yep. it's still very well written. Mm. Um, oh, that's the thing. It's like in yeah. terms of the like the like sheer depth of story yeah. and lore. Yeah, it's the best. And like the character dialogue choices, it's the best. Like that kind of that yeah. stuff kind of got a bit streamlined yeah. in two and three. Um, that kind of it got sacrificed a bit in order to make it a much tighter action game. Yeah. And like the other two play so much better, yeah. but. I've kind of missed, like, um, yeah, like the, the the sheer depth of the lore and the storytelling and and the, the character conversations that yeah, were in def- the first yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. And um, Sarin remains the best villain yeah. that that series has seen yet. Like the second one. Yeah. The second one had that weird kind of the elusive uh, man. Yeah, it had the elusive man, and then yeah. the bot. The final boss yeah. battle was kind of just this weird giant <laughs> thing, and then big. Skeleton, yeah, like Reaper. a big Terminator yeah. thing, and then Mass Effect Three. <laughs> I mean, it had Space Baby and all that jazz. So, yeah, so Siren's yeah. still really good. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah, still. it's definitely a good villain. People just need to know how to go about playing it. So I'd look it up on Reddit. Um, yeah, stick it on easy uh, and like just plow through the main story. Definitely. As much as possible, ignore mm. the side quests where you yeah. have to visit other planets because driving around <laughs> in the um, yeah the, the Mako, Mako yeah, and it's oh, a shame because there's, there's still even a few mandatory missions that force you in that bloody thing, and it's painful. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, they they very sensibly killed that at the end of uh, when moving on to Mass Effect Two. Like you, you never have to go back no. to the Mako in the but in the subsequent games. There is a thankfully. version of it in Am- in Andromeda though. So hopefully they've uh, yeah. made those mechanics I hope work better. Hopefully they've nailed the handling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was way too bouncy and floaty, and yeah, yeah, not, not good. good, not good at all. Controls are terrible. Mm. Uh, next thing I played was Resident Evil Seven. Um, I finished it over the course of the weekend that it came out over here. Um, mm-hmm. Before this game came out, I kind of had a hard. I was in a kind of hard place. I was trying to think how can. Is there a way to justify like this move to like copy games like Outlast and stuff, this first-person horror? And I kind of... Mm-hmm. They did a good job of making a high-budget version of those types of games. 
So I definitely think it's got most in common with like Outlast and the Amnesia games. Um, to a lesser extent, something like Alien Isolation. Like if you, I've heard it's like very reminiscent of the first Resident Evil. Yeah. So I was going to say like the puzzle elements when you're in the mansion at the beginning, are extremely <clears throat> similar to the mansion in the first Resident Evil. It kind of borrows mm-hmm. a lot of clever bits from other games. So it's got the puzzles like these things like you're collecting dog emblems to fit into doors you have like weighted switches where you can see a weapon but you can't pick it up because it's going to shut a door behind you um so it takes those elements from the first one also there's not too much plot so you're kind of in the dark about a lot of what is going on you get a bit of plot before you go to the mansion and then you go in kind of dark and the plot slowly gets played out over time um it steals a tiny bit from alien alien isolation but you can easily also miss that bit, or if you've only played like the very opening bit of the game, you would compare it directly to Alien Isolation because there's one <laughs> member of the family that stalks you around the house for a bit. But apparently, mm-hmm. there's apparently there's a way to get around the mansion and avoid even triggering him. So can, you can do it by random. I didn't manage it. Um, mm. Borrow some stuff from <laughs> Saw as well. There's one chapter in particular of a crazy guy called Lucas who like traps you in a room and the only way to get out is to like self-harm yourself uh, which is kind of oh, nuts um, mm. but it's a brilliant game I if you were to look at the Resident Evil games I think it's up there challenging for for how it's how it's reinterpreted the franchise and given it a new twist uh, it's not as action focused mm. um, it has it's fantastic atmospherically it's brilliant like I played it I made sure I played it with the lights <laughs> off in the dark, headphones on and everything, and it's definitely creepy and unnerving. I can't imagine what it's like in a PSVR. I'm sure it freaks the hell out. Um, but then the mm. coolest bit is, is how it's towards the end, it slowly starts to weave into the uh, Resident Evil like mythos that's built up from the other games without placing it in a specific time. Okay. So we, could, we still don't know when exactly it's even... Um, place there's vhs tapes in it which might time it a little bit um so it could date it a little bit i guess um but yeah really clever game i definitely recommend it uh, if you were to look at it for lapsed gamers it does if you're on the easier difficulty settings it has uh checkpoints as well as the hard saves which <laughs> uses cassette players instead of ribbons um so you could play it in short bursts at night once the kids have yeah. gone to bed Definitely after the kids yep. have gone to bed because it's way too gory. Um, but yeah, really good game. Definitely recommended if you can have a stomach for horror games, which I know some people on nope. the crew don't. So, nope. Like, yeah, I've heard. I, I, you know, I loved the Resident Evil series up to and including four. Then they kind of fell off a cliff. I even liked Resident Evil Three. Um, Nemesis. Yeah, Nemesis is alright. A lot of people didn't like it, but you know, I quite like that one. Um, five, I played a little bit of and thought it was awful and didn't even bother with six. Um, and I've heard that this is like a like a really good reinvigoration Definitely. of the Resident Evil series. Uh, but I can't deal with first person <laughs> survival horror. Man. It's just that switch from third person <laughs> to first person. <laughs> I, I can't deal with it. I've managed maybe 20 minutes of Outlast. Before okay. I was like, nope. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've gone through the first maybe two hours of Alien Isolation in 
like lots of bite-sized chunks. Yeah. And I can't be bothered to continue with that. Um, you see, that's a different so kind of tension, mm. though, because there's that always present of the aliens going to jump out at you. And like, except mm. for that one bit at the beginning where mm-hmm. there's a guy kind of on a, he's almost like on a route. Um, Resident Evil 7 doesn't really have that, mm. but then it has plenty of scares in other ways and disgusting things as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm forcing my way through Soma because I want the story I've heard really good things about the story and that but um, yeah first person horror just shits me up so I will not be getting Resident Evil I don't think No, I suppose we have to do go back into Constrict the Universe a bit because it did get a bit too silly wasn't it? Yeah like what Mm. is it 5 where they kicked Wesker into a volcano or something one of them in a fight at the top of a volcano Six was just crazy as well. Yeah, so it's good. They still don't go anywhere near the craziness of the films, though. Oh my god! No, no, I haven't. I stopped watching the films a long time ago. But whichever the last one yeah. I watched was where there was clones of Alice, and they were in a town, and they just kept dying, and then it reset to another yeah. one, another clone, and yeah, that was the last one I watched, and that one was insane yeah. enough. Um, mm. Next thing I've played, and then I guess all the rest of the stuff I've played is stuff that a couple of us have played. Um, I'm soldiering my way through Twilight Princess on the uh, Wii U. I'm su- one thing I did forget about is how much longer that game is. Like I'm, already, I'm at the 25-hour mark, and I've still got a fair chunk of it mm. to go. It's one of the longest Elders, yeah, for sure. which I didn't really, because I recently played, when I talked about it on the show, I played uh, Wind Waker, and that was nowhere near mm. the length that this seems to be. One slightly annoying thing about it is I've been convinced for a long time that Breath of the Wild might be better to play on Wii U because you've got the touch screen for the inventory and stuff because in Wind Waker it was super easy because you could actually pick items using the touch screen so if you wanted to quickly mm. snap up your bow and arrow you could, you could just tap the screen and your bow and arrow would be up but in Twilight Princess they've changed it you can't actually call up the items with the touch screen, you can only drag them to be active so I've kind of got mm-hmm. stuck a few times because I've gone to hit it to like bring up my bow and arrow and it hasn't done it. I've had to drag it over to the button. And even like the buttoned ones don't work. Once you've assigned them, you then can't still use the touchscreen. So I found myself abandoning the touchscreen pretty quickly and just been using the Pro Controller instead. Um, mm. It's still a good Zelda. I think it has a lot of high points. Um, one of the best things I like about it is how organic a lot of the uh, temples feel. Like the one in the tree at the beginning and it's the one in the snow mansion where they don't necessarily appear to be dungeons at first and then you realise they are because it kind of grows out into something bigger which they've always mm. been good at doing uh, next up uh, it's, um, sorry before you move on it's, it's not really one of the beloved Zelda no. games though is it? it kind of fell between yeah. uh, Wind Waker and um, Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword. Yeah. It's all mm. a bit bland. It was that one at the end. It was at the end of the GameCube, yeah. wasn't it? Slash end of the GameCube, beginning of the Wii. Beginning of the yeah. Wii which yeah. is what and I then played. Skyward Sword was right at the very end of the Wii. Yeah, and I played it on the Wii originally. Um, but yeah, it's a bit mm. bland by comparison. It doesn't have a lot of the same character, I find. Um, no. The wolf bits are really boring, where you're just going around collecting bugs. Uh, which they have shortened. Mm. You have to collect less bugs now in the HD version. Anyway, that's good. Um, so the next one is something I know you talked a lot about what, two episodes ago. Is Stardew Valley? 
Yes. And I'm completely with you. Like, everyone else is nuts at thinking this is crap because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it's so good. It is one of those that's really hard to explain. I know. It's like if you try and explain, like, what you do on the average day in Stardew Valley, it just sounds like work. Yeah. But then I feel as the game goes on, it becomes less work. Like, I don't water my crops anymore because I've got these eight way sprinklers and I. Sp- yeah, I built yeah, a bunch of sprinkler systems. And... Yeah, I built a bunch of kilns, and then just for a couple of days, I just mass produced all the ore I need and everything to make the eight-way sprinklers, and I just have a whole field mm-hmm. full of them. Um, so like, I don't have to bother. That's a time-consuming job. So now a lot of my time is spent trying to catch fish and go, still trying to get to the bottom of the mines and stuff. Yeah, like that. that's that's like the main thing. Is is like I think I feel like it's pretty much. Most of your first year, if not like your first year and a half in that game, is like getting your farm yeah. set up, and then finding ways to streamline the like the the chores that you that you have to do every day, so that you don't have to do those and you can concentrate doing the other things like spending more time in the mines or clearing more of the farmland um, and things like that. It's yeah, the first year definitely feels like just setting up. Yeah, because I'm... I haven't quite finished the first year yet. Oh, okay. I'm like a year and a so half I'm, I'm still getting there. All right. Yeah, I'm still... Uh, like My girlfriend's gotten a hell of a lot further than me, but I'm... St- oh, yeah, I'm still in my first year, but, you know, gotten... I've gotten four cows and four chickens and mayonnaise <laughs> making machines, and I've started making um, my own preserves. Yep. Um, and, I've, yeah, I've got, like, a field set up with a sprinkler network and everything, and... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But it's, it is really hard to explain. Yeah, I think it would appeal to anybody so who's liked Harvest Moon games in the past or Animal yep. Crossing. Yeah. Well, and I even yeah, think yeah, people that definitely. maybe like MMOs might see a bit of merit in it. Kind of, it's the same sort of thing, collecting stuff. And there is definitely that grinding aspect to it. Like, you're mm-hmm. having to pick up, like, ten coal ores so that you can produce ten different elements, which is no different to some missions in an MMO where it's like, go and kill ten of these. Just you doing it in a different mm. way. Next up is a game that I'm sure a lot of people have been playing. It's Fire Emblem mm. Heroes on the old phone. Yep. Um, I think it's a really, really well-polished um, adaptation yep. of the Fire Emblem series. Hidden behind, uh, I think it's called Gacha Mechanics. Is this mechanics yes. of like yeah. collecting like star? characters and then being able to merge them and level them up and stuff Mm. i've not had to i've not found myself having to spend any money yet knowing a bit less about Mm. fire emblem kind of helps because i guess i'm not desperate to get like my favorite character from a fire emblem game Um, yeah i I got cron from fire emblem awakening and that's enough for me because he's one of the guys that i happen to know Mm. but yeah i'm really enjoying it they've simplified the combat by making it fit into a smaller grid it's still the same mm. turn based uh, the combat still plays out the same you kind of see the two characters if you're defending you always get a chance to like hit back at an enemy it's really good at displaying the permutations of an attack like it will show you if you're going to make this attack you're actually going to die in the process of doing it yeah one thing I do have sort of a axe to grind is the way it's obvious some of the levels it lets you go to them knowing that you're kind of under leveled and then it will deliberately 
push you to spend an orb to carry on fighting. It's kind of like you can't beat it if you don't use the orb, but then you also lose all the XP yeah. you've acquired. Like if you didn't lose the XP that you'd acquired, it'd be like, okay, well, that wasn't a waste of time. But, I mean, mm. I'm up to chapter six now, and the last couple of fights I've had, it's like I've had to resurrect all my people, like, once or twice. All right. But I'm still really yeah. enjoying no, it. No, see, I, um... I... I've been in that situation a couple of times, and I've just been... I've just taken the viewpoint that, oh, well, you know, it's, I died, so it's rolling... Take it as if it's rolling back to a previous checkpoint. So you lose all the experience you earn in that fight, but you just start the fight from the beginning rather than because I'm saving. I've been saving all the orbs for um, summoning and uh, upgrading the castle as well because oh, yeah. the more you upgrade your castle, the more XP you earn. Yeah. Um, through the fights, um, I think this is the first time Nintendo have like properly nailed uh, a mobile game with their IPs because like, um, was it Amitomo? Yeah, it was yes, Mitomo, yeah, wasn't it, yeah. the first one? Mitomo was kind of like really cool for a few weeks and everyone was talking about it and having good fun with it and then it just fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. uh, Pokemon Go, um, it's not really a Nintendo game, but you know it's a Nintendo kind of property. Um, it was a really big phenomenon, but not a good game. Uh, reviews of um, Mario uh, Super Mario Run have been very mixed, but... I don't think the the, the like the, an endless runner sort of mechanic, like tapping on your phone, just doesn't fit Mario for me. So I'm no. not particularly interested in that. But this fits perfectly. Yeah. Like I've never really played a Fire Emblem game before. I know people who are mad into my girlfriend's mad into into Fire Emblem. Um, mm -hmm. But I've never played, never really played one myself. I played I played me an hour of Awakening on her um, 3DS. Uh, so I've got no real attachment to it either. Uh, the only characters I really knew were ones that pop up in Smash Brothers. Yeah, like um, uh, Marth and, um, and Roy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Robin and and uh, yeah, there's a couple of characters that will pop. Like well, actually, a few of the characters pop up in um, Tokyo Mirage sessions as well oh, yeah, as the do, um, yeah. the sort of the Persona, their version of Persona in that game. Um, so I didn't have, yeah, I didn't really have much of an attachment to it. So I'm in the same position as like I don't really care who's in my team as long as they're good. Yep. So I've been really lucky with my roles as well. I haven't spent any money, um, but I've got three of my four in my main squad are, are five star characters. Oh, okay. I've got like That's a five star Marth, um, and a five star healer, and some you know five, star, and then my other ones are four star. So uh, I've been doing all right. Uh, there's there's plenty to do. Um, I mean, it kind of limits how much you could do in any one time by having that stamina meter that you can then use a stamina potion to yeah. recover or just wait for it to recover, which is like, a, yeah, well, you know, it's a free-to-play mechanic. And you do seem to get a um, fair amount of the stamina potions coming in in one way or yeah. another. Like, you can do the those other types of missions outside of the story and then occasionally, if you have yeah. people on your friends list, they might pop in with one and you click on them and it gives you it as an item. And there's like there's like the main storyline. There's the training stuff. There's the special missions yep. they throw in each day where you can earn a new character uh, by beating them. And there's then there's like the jewels. Uh, if you don't need the jewels yet, uh, no, I don't think I have. No. Uh, so you get like three dueling swords um, at a time. Oh, um, no, I haven't then. And the top of your, like, you'll see them in the top of the screen. You'll see like three little swords near where your orbs are, and the jewels are like okay. um, basically you will battle against other players' teams, um, and you earn more 
points or more rewards, the more of a winning run you go on. Um, and that's just like something else to do in there as well. It's like, yeah, there's, there's loads to do. And I mean, I've played, I don't know, five or six hours already uh, and haven't really come across any... The, the, the free-to-play mechanics haven't been that, like, in your face. It's not Clash of Clans. It's not like no. it's after your money immediately. It's been quite generous. Like, I looked at the shop to see how much it is, and it's like um, $12.99 for 20 plus 2 orbs. Um, which is quite a lot, because you earn them at a fairly decent clip. So, yeah, as long as it doesn't get, like, really... That becomes like an insufferable grind the higher you get through the levels then I think it's quite well balanced I mean Ooh, Lee's finished from what I understand has finished the story in normal yeah um, and then I'm you can go he back and put any money into it yeah and then you can play it on hard and uh, uh, lunatic lunatic that's it yeah so and then yeah you you re playing it through on hard you'll earn orbs again for every single one of those missions and then playing through on lunatic you'll earn orbs on every one of those missions and uh, I'm assuming they'll add more story missions later on. Um, this, yeah, it's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, also, I can't help but smile every time I boot it up and the 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 the, the tune starts playing oh, with the yeah. crazy operatic fire emblem voice. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah. Which makes me more hopeful. Like, they delayed the Animal Crossing game, I guess, mm. but it makes me a bit more hopeful about that that could be more than. Um, like, I was worrying it was just going to be Happy Home Designer, but maybe mm. it will be something more fully fleshed out, which would be great. Yeah, hopefully. Good job, Nintendo, on this yeah. one. Nicely done. And that's it for me. Okie doke. Um, so, out of those, which would you recommend to a Laps Gamer? I would say either Fire Emblem or I'd recommend Stardew because mm. you can dip in and out. Yeah. You're always... And the problem is like feeling like you're playing a game where you're not making any progress. Like You're always working towards something in that game. Mm. Um, whether it's building like your uh, watering system or whether it's mining things, whether it's building up friendships with the other villagers. So, like, mm. yeah. Stardew or Fire Emblem are my laps game I recommend. Cool. Uh, Andy, what have you been playing? Hello there, yes. Um, so, I've been continuing my journey through Fetus and Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, nice. Yeah, about, about 50 hours in or so Jesus. now. Um, and Skyhold, and I have met the main guy from Dragon Age 2, spoilers, it's Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, yeah. so he's arrived, but I haven't gone on to meet him continue his main mission of being basically messing around in the hissing wastes, just closing rifts mm. and finding out what the, um, what they call them, the Red Lithium Templars are doing. Yeah. So I've just defeated that mission um, today and yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I feel I need to maybe go back to the main story and progress that a bit because you know, there's so much to do. You just get a bit I think it's like a bit too much but I'm going to Go back to the main mission and then do more the side missions like of the characters because they're normally quite interesting. I was the same as you when I played through it the first time uh, properly. In that, like, it's like I was 
concentrating on the side missions for ages and I just got to the point where it's just like there's just so many mm. and I just want to push on with the story a little bit um, so yeah I left quite a lot of side missions I did like yeah. the big ones you know the, the dragon hunts and things like that but yeah there's like there's almost I, I, it's weird to put this as a negative but there's almost too much yeah. content in there it's, I love it feels irrelevant yeah. you know what I mean it's not yeah. you know from what yeah. I mean from what I hear of a Witcher 3 so I was talking to my brother last last oh night. Gosh, the yeah. side quests relevant of is a purpose to him. Every single side quest in The Witcher Three has like full cutscenes uh, with fully fleshed characters, and sometimes like the simplest little silly um, side quest will end up leading down. It's it's a whole quest mm. line with a full plot, with a you know a, with a with a full story arc with a with a satisfying conclusion. Um, whereas, yeah, Dragon Age is the old got style, isn't it? It's the old style fetch quests. Um, yeah, which is which is something they've kind of mm. done since the beginning. Because like going back to Mass Effect, a lot of those side stories are just meaningless. Yeah. Like they don't even bother yeah. to record the dialogue for them. It's just written text telling you what's happened, and it's kind of like they never kind of got any better at mm. doing that. I guess. Well, they they kind of did like uh, in Mass the, Effect two and three. Yeah, but then, uh, but then there's a lot, there's side a lot less. With a yeah, there's also a lot less of them in the Mass Effect yeah. games. Like Dragon Age is just like, especially if you get the full version with the DLCs, that is just gargantuan. Yeah, I think the character missions, mm -hmm. you know, where you're helping your friends and off. I think they're the important ones, and a few certain yeah. others. But you know, like one where I've just cleared out the Red Templars and the Hissing Wars. You sort of clear them out, and then it goes. Oh, we need to find out what they've been looking for. And you go, all right? Where's that? And it sort of just leaves you hanging. And you're like, all right, what can I do now? Oh yeah, no. Usually those are like. Then you have to go back to the the war room. Yeah. And send off some spies to investigate something on the map. Yeah. Wait for that to take place, and then you'll get another mission. And mm. it doesn't explain it particularly well. I yeah. do really like the like the the the, the, the campaign table in the war room though. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said last time, it's, it reminds me of the Assassin's Creed games where you're setting off your assassins mm -hmm. to do various missions, and I like the choices yeah. where you can get different outcomes if you depending on what um, ambassador you sent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just got too much, and I think we got a bit carried away with it. And yeah, it feels weird to complain about a game having too much content, mm. isn't it? But. Um, <laughs> But like to be honest, uh, if you spent 50 hours in it and you haven't even gone down Hawk's quest line, you're not gonna struggle <laughs> with the main storyline. You're probably massively overpowered as it is, so you can kind of just push on with the story and leave some of that side stuff. Um, just concentrate on the important side quests and the dragon hunts and things like that. And but then, of course, like even when you finish the game, it's always there for you yeah. to just go dip in and do some more side quests every now and then when you want. Yeah, I mean, I just became a knight enchanter as well, which is meant to be pretty damn good. Oh my god, so yeah. OP. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first game. The second game I picked up over Christmas sales, it was. Um, well, I was mm. overcooked. Brilliant. Have you been, have you been playing couch co-op? Yeah, we played with my brother. He came round and we had yeah. a quick bash at it. I think we played through the first set of levels, and then he liked mm -hmm. it so much he borrowed the copy off me and he's taken it with him. <laughs> so, yeah. but um, yeah, it's really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it's it's mad. 
The maddest level I've played so far is one with the trucks at base separate. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I'd love to have two more people with it, and it just sounds mental when it does everything. That game, I haven't been mm. able to play it with, with uh, any more than one other person so far, but that game is screaming out for yeah. online multiplayer, and I don't know why it's not in there. I think it would be too much, wasn't it? It would be probably too much for the company developers themselves to afford keeping up the servers and all that. Or... It's a Team 17 game. You can play Worms online. Why yeah, but can't is, I play uh, Overcooked online? it Team 17, the publisher? Team 17 uh, published right, it, yeah. so maybe the developers and stuff. I don't know. Maybe, they just, maybe it's coming, coming in Overcooked 2 and just want to test. Maybe, but it's like... I can do okay with, with couch co-op games that I like to play... Um, like uh, sports mm. friends and um, Nidhogg yeah. and games like that, uh, where you can play two player like perfectly fine. Um, but Overcooked, just like when I've seen like giant bomb streams and things like that, when they've been playing four player, and it just looks so chaotic and so much fun, and I want to experience that. But you know, unless I unless this game had come out back when I was yeah. at uni. Um, it's a bit difficult to get four people around a console these days. Yeah, it is. And it, is a, it is a brilliant game. The storyline itself is stupid. You know, going back in time, sent by the Onion King. But, you know... Yeah. Back to 1993. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Because we complain about these not a lot of games having couch co-op. And now we're like going, well, mm. this game's got just couch co-op and we want online. So it's... Yeah, I know, and and you can play yeah. a fine two player. Like it, it, it adjusts the score accordingly. Um, the final final boss was yeah. really hard work two player, but like every other level is it's doable two player. It's just yeah. it looks so much more ridiculous with four players, and yeah. you know, it's so much more fun. But one day I'll get four people around with PS4 and <laughs> play it properly. Yeah, but I won't play a single player. From what no, I've seen. no. no. Oof. I've done that. It's, it's not great. No, it's um, doable, f- but it's not great. No, yeah. I have to read, listening to you, and reading other things. Um, mm. The final game is Borderlands Two on the PS4. I think it's part of the Handsome Collection. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah, it was yeah. A remaster of that and yeah, uh, pre- pre-sequel. Ah, yeah. oh, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know about this game. I mean, when it came out, um, the Borderlands 1 and then Borderlands 2, um, made by Gearbox, um, they came out with a massive fanfare. One was a bit of a sleeper hit, and two on the previous generation consoles was massive. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And I actually don't see what the attraction is. Yeah, the graphics, the world is really good, the craziness and everything about Mm. it. But it's the the style, the mechanics of the game that are just putting me off, and it's only the fact that I'm playing with my brother is just sort of like dragging me through. Um, see, the thing that was like that clicked with me with it was like, yeah, the world is crazy. Like, I really like that cel shaded yeah. art style. Um, I like the the characters um, and the enemies and the humor in it. Uh, it kind of wears a bit thin in certain places but there's enough really good humour in it to keep it going and I like loot and I like seeing numbers <laughs> but like explode off enemies when you shoot them so uh, but 
the best way to really experience it. Like it's a bit weird. Like when that game came first came out, there was just the four characters, and if you were playing with four people, those four characters mm. complement each other really well. And then they added in another mm. one, and then another one. Um, I can't. I don't. God knows how many characters there are in total now, but. Um, yeah, if you play four players with those, ba- whatever characters, if you play with four players, it's really good. Um, with two players, it's okay. With one yeah, player, it's I mean, of- all right. So, like, say the graphics, the weapons are really good. Even though they do get a bit confusing, and I think it's a bit, I find it a bit difficult because when there's loads of weapons on on the floor, you can't seem to swap in and swap out. You have to drop something to get another weapon in. Oh yeah, no. It's just like uh, yeah. whatever you're not it's using, just sell at every yeah. vending machine. Just sell it. Yeah, but it's it's like I just wish it was something sort of simple, like saying, yeah, if you want this, you just have to you can swap it in, swap it out, like in you can some expand other games. your inventory as well. Yeah, I have done a bit, but it's it's not. It's just annoying. Um, the other bit is the fact that you're having to either walk or drive on these long journeys, mm-hmm. you know, across the land and the enemies. Re- and, yeah. and I know it's there for partly because you're grinding and they're meant to be like the old mm-hmm. JRPG um, random attacks, but it does get a bit annoying when your objective's on one side of a map and you've been through the map about three, four times and you're having to fight the same old enemies again and again and we keep respawning. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> I think there are, uh, well, it depends how far into the game you are, but there are enough like varied, distinct areas that are very different from each other with different sorts of enemies um, to keep that kind of fresh. Yeah, but I think what I prefer is would be a shortcut. So you, you know, you teleport to an area you have already been through this area, but you've got to get through the area again and just want run you run from through or drive through. Why can't you just teleport to the exit? Or why can't you just teleport where you're meant to go instead of going, right, I have to go through. Mm. I need to get from area A to area D, but I have to go through A, B, C, and D. Why can't I just go straight to D? No, I know what you mean. So <clears throat> just that short cut hops, you know, like of instead of just walking through everything that's I find that quite annoying and I mean having to come all the way back to Century as well oh yeah so you have to go all the way back to Century right so you have to go through D C B back to A it's that type of old style gameplay where I just think better planning would have improved the game immensely Um, yeah I just I mean I know it's, the story's Relative, and it's not meant to be the, the whole grasp on the world. I just don't find it really that strong. You're not enjoying it's, Handsome Jack? He's alright, but it's just. I think he's a quite a good character. I like yeah, Handsome but, Jack. He's a dick, yeah. but a funny dick. But I don't know, it's just not. It's a bit wearing at times. And I think a lot of this has been put in place to extend the game length, and that's what's annoying me quite a bit. So I'm guessing you wouldn't recommend that to a lapsed gamer then? I won't recommend it, no. I think it's <laughs> an old style of gameplay where I don't think it's really relevant. And, and I don't understand, I suppose, with the Borderlands 2, the praise it got and how it drove to the upper echelons. I understand maybe when it came out, but now 
So I don't know if I'm going to play the pre-sequel. Um, Dragon Age I still recommend. And Overcooked, certainly. Well, I've... Uh, Dragon Age for a lapsed gamer, though. But I, th- I think... Given how much there is in Yeah, there. but if you just focus and do... Me, I just like exploring the world. But if you, if yeah. you keep your narrow focus and the fact that you can save anywhere means you can mm. dip in and out of it. You don't have to... Yeah, but if you gave that to Kev, it would take him years to finish. How did you give Blooming Overcut to Kev? It'd take him years to finish. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, whatever you give to True. Kev, it's going to take him ages. His attention span of an hour. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 You know, for I like role playing games, you know, I would recommend Dragon Age. You know, you know, I understand the mm. issues, but I think with the fact that it's got save checkpoints and you can save anywhere does help it. And you don't have to do everything like I'm doing. 50 hours, you probably complete the game. Uh, I don't know what my final clock was. It was, I think it was close to 80 or 90. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you. but yeah, that was including DLCs. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could probably finish the game in, in 50 hours. Yeah, stick it on easy. Yeah. And just wander way through, mm. listen to all of a storyline, which is good, you know, which is really it good. It is a good story, it's, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, those two. Cool. Uh, right, I'll rattle through what I've been playing then. Um, and my first game is not a game, it's a peripheral. Um, <laughs> I got a Narcon Revolution controller for the PS4. Um so, us PS4 owners got quite jealous of the Xbox One Elite controller because it looks like a really nice controller and it's got what I've wanted for ages, buttons on the back to be able to map, uh, to map oh, what yeah. you've got on the front so that when you're playing Overwatch or Titanfall or something like that, you don't ha- ever have to take your thumbs off the sticks. And I've wanted that for ages. Um, so then, a while ago, it was announced that Sony were bringing out... Um, well, Sony were licensing Narcon and Razer to make a couple of um, pro controllers for it. Um, to rival, like, you know, the, the Scuff controllers, which um, are not officially licensed, but they're, like, um, hand-modified uh, DualShock controllers. Um, so you've got the Razer Raijin which is only available through game and costs 150 quid. Um, or you've got the Narcon Revolution, which is available everywhere and costs... I got mine for just under 80. Um, it's kind of shares a lot, probably a little bit more in common with a uh, Xbox One controller. Hmm. Uh, it's got offset sticks. Uh, the triggers are very much like an Xbox One controller. The bumpers are... Controversial, I'm going to say, mm. but probably better than the Xbox One bumpers. I've never been a fan of the bumpers on the Xbox One controller. The triggers are the same. They don't have like the the, the force feedback rumble, um, whatever it's called, on the Xbox One. Um, bigger versions of the face buttons, but that's not a bother because I'm not really using those. What the big thing that it's got for me is the on the back. So when you're holding a controller, and you've got like your index mm-hmm. finger over the shoulder buttons. Where your other three fingers are underneath, where your middle finger sits, like where your, where your middle fingers naturally sit, there's like another button. There's like a rocker switch that you can either push one way or the other on both sides. Um, so that okay. fills in another four. Um, y- yeah, you can map those to any four buttons like you want. Functions, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So 
you have to plug it into a PC. There is no Mac app yet, or I've sent them a snotty email demanding a Mac version of the software because booting up my PC is a pain <laughs> these days. Uh, so I've gone on, uh, and then you can make up to four profiles and map them, and then uh, there's a button on the back where you can you can switch between the four profiles. You can like, so you've got two settings: oh, mode okay. one where it's just a DualShock Four, and then mode two where it turns into whatever profile you've got. Uh, so I've got like a Titanfall 2 profile, uh, an Overwatch profile, a um, Battlefield 1 profile, and the fourth one I haven't bothered editing yet because there's only th the only three shooters I really play. Um, so for instance, on my uh, Titanfall 2 profile, uh, I got I was already using bumper jumper, so left bumper was uh, jump instead of X. But now I've got like. Uh, melee, reload, switch weapons, and uh, something else. <laughs> switch uh, maps to the buttons underneath. So now I never have to take my thumbs off the stick. The only time I have to take my thumb off the stick is to call down a Titan. Um, and the same with Overwatch. Like jump is now mapped to L1, uh, and the powers are mapped to the buttons on the back. So I never have to take my thumbs off the sticks. And it's like completely changed the way I managed to play with certain characters in Overwatch like I never got my head around Genji uh, I couldn't get on with them at all uh, but now I've got this controller set up for Overwatch I can be I can be like aiming and yeah, shooting at enemies whilst jumping all over the place which means that um, yeah. I can be one of those dick players that's really hard to hit because <laughs> it's bouncing all over the walls but still managing to aim and shoot and um, it's dead good uh, it's yeah, it's very like infinitely customizable. You can even set up macros on the button. So if you wanted to use it on fighting games and cheat, you can set up the input for a um, for a, <laughs> one of the special moves and just map it to one of the back okay. buttons. Hit that, and they'll do that move. Um, I'm not going to do that. That's a bit too much like cheating. A bit cheating. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's even like got two little compartments in the the wings of the controller uh, that come out, and you can put. Oh, you can yeah. put weights in them. I was looking at the them. pictures. I wondered what that was. Um, oh, yeah, okay. it unscrews and you can pull it because the console, uh, the controller as it comes, because it doesn't have a battery. Um, that's the thing; it's <laughs> wired, so wired only. Uh, this one and the and the Razer okay. don't have a battery because they're pro controllers, and that zero point zero zero six millisecond delay is apparently too much for a pro gamer. Uh, so they're much, wired, yeah. but it's like a it's like a three meter cable. Um, nice braided three meter cable that screws onto the controller itself there's no chance of it coming out um but yeah uh yeah it, it's really oh, light yeah, it looks like a coax it looks like an old coaxial cable kind of yeah like metal yeah yeah oh, it looks nice um yeah but the controller itself is really light so you can put weights inside the handle um, so I put the heaviest weights in there just to give it a little bit more heft and it's just really solidly put together it feels <laughs> tanky feels like a good controller um so yeah I'm, I'm glad i picked that up it's it's already helping me improve my uh admittedly shoddy skills in overwatch and titanfall i've, I've become <laughs> i've moved from being a shit player to being an average player so <laughs> um, just, um still an improvement. sorry i was, I was going to ask you about this controlling you know, like the elite controls like quite meant to be quite ideal for disabled gamers oh yeah yeah it i is. mean this one yeah absolutely i mean if you it's well, yeah. So I mean, like you could, if if a game uses just the uh, one stick and mm. four buttons, uh, you could play this. You could play a game on this controller right. one-handed. 
because like you can you could you've got if you're playing with your left hand you've got the left stick the left d-pad two shoulder buttons and two buttons underneath so you've got four buttons a d-pad and a, mm. and a you know a stick there so you could play you could play one-handed i mean like it's it's not really designed with that in mind but it could definitely be it can definitely be used by by uh, it, it, yeah definitely have some functionality for disabled yeah. gamers i reckon the same with the Xbox mm. One Elite as well. Same same deal. You could play you could play a few yeah, games yeah. with that one handed, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Mm. There's enough buttons on either one side of the controller to And the Xbox lets you reverse the sticks as well at OS level as well. Yeah. So yeah, so you potentially the right hand side you've got all the face buttons, the shoulders and the paddles. Mm. So yeah. And I mean you can you can do a lot that you can change the button macros on the system level on PS4, uh, but it doesn't have any native application for the controller itself so setting it up properly okay. you have to plug it into a pc download the narcon software and set the profiles up that way but but then it becomes like infinitely uh, customizable like you can set the um sensitivity curve for the for the sticks so that like a uh a, a short like a slow movement on the stick will move your cursor or your um your aiming reticule slightly but then if you like jam it over left or right you'll move quickly um, you can set the sensitivity uh, of the triggers, like at what point they they kick in, and how much you have to push them in before they're at maximum. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool piece of kit, and considerably okay. cheaper than the Razer version, uh, and mm -hmm. a, and a scuff controller. The only thing this hasn't got going for it is like it doesn't have a speaker built in. If you really care about that, um, and it's not wireless, but that's the only shortcomings of it to be honest but from that mm. I really like it it's a shame about the speaker because quite a few games use that speaker yeah yeah they do um, but to be honest like uh, I only use I'm only using that controller when I'm playing um, an mm. online shooter the rest of the time I'm quite happy to just use the regular DualShock um, because I don't have to have the cable there um, I can sit on the other side yeah. of the room uh, yeah um, yeah it's a good controller I'm enjoying it. Right. Strap in, Andy. Me and Adam are going to talk <laughs> FIFA for a bit. Oh, here, here we go. Talk proper football. <laughs> uh, <sighs> right. So, yeah. Uh, you've talked about this before, Adam, but I, I've only had this yeah. game for ooh, a month, maybe a little bit longer than that. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm not playing FIFA Ultimate Team. I'm not playing online seasons. I'm not playing online at all. I haven't bothered <laughs> okay. with the player career mode. In fact, the only, there's only two nope. things in the entire game I'm playing. Um, which, considering it's like you know, it's a pretty good package. You get a lot of different game modes in that game. Yeah, different modes. But yeah. the I can't be asked playing online because I don't want to come up against Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Man City every single game. Uh, and as you seem to be the only teams that people play with online. Um, so there is a way to slightly control that. If you pick lesser teams, right. then you'd get drawn against other people that are picking lesser right, teams. Right, okay. So, for example, like I used to pick Newcastle a lot because they're always they're a four-star team mm -hmm. rather than four and a half or five. So I found myself getting drawn against people um, that are playing as lesser teams. Yeah. So it kind of does fix that because then... Not everybody has crazy skillful players all the time. So okay, it's, so it's worth perhaps 
that'd be one recommendation, mate. Yeah, I might give that a try then, because um, my previous experience of playing online has been bad. It's not yeah, just that as well, it's also like people rage quitting from matches when they lose, or yeah. people um, scoring and then watching the replay over and over again, and, th <laughs> and then pausing the game, yeah. and you just sat there, yeah. and it's like three, four minutes can go by before between them scoring a goal and you actually be able to play again and it's, oh, fuck that shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, so yeah, the two modes, I'll, I'll talk about the career mode first. Uh, so I'm doing manager career as Newcastle manager, obviously. Um, it's a lot better than it used to be. It's a little bit closer to uh, football manager style. Um, it, I mean, you still can't do like Pre, uh, pre match and halftime team talks or anything like that. Um, but like doing the individual training sessions and managing your your academy and bringing new players into the academy, setting up scouting networks, um, having to take for the, for the first time, having to actually take into consideration like the um, commercial aspects, like the marketability of the football club and things like that, is is kind of cool. Um, Yep. Bits of it, though, are still massively balked. Um, so <laughs> I started as Newcastle, um, and despite having us having spent 50-something million on players in the summer, I still got a pretty handsome uh, transfer kitty yeah, uh, yeah, and managed to I managed to sign um, Kaleki Iheanacho from Man City for like, oh, yeah. Young guy, for like yeah. 12 million. Um what, okay. One season later, clubs are asking uh, are coming in with like 30, 40 million bids for him. Um, and I managed to sign uh, Viktor Kovalenko from Shakhtar Donetsk. And it's like, I should not be able to sign these players for that amount of money. And I definitely no. should be able to and sign those players when I'm in the championship. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> what got through the first season, got promoted, uh, won the EFL Cup as well, um, going to the Premier League. And I got a pretty handsome but not massive transfer kitty and managed to sign... For not a huge amount of money, Marcus Rashford and um, Eric Dyer. Um, okay. So, yeah, the transfers don't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I'm being able to sign players that no, I should. They never have. No, no. It's like in Football Manager, that would never happen. So, I should not be able to sign no. those players for that price. I shouldn't be able to sign those players at all. <laughs> to be honest, like, they wouldn't move from clubs no. like Manchester United or Tottenham. To a newly promoted Newcastle, Newcastle. Um, no. but it's kind of cool. Um, the main thing, though, uh, is <laughs> is the the journey. Um, okay. Wow. Uh, Where do you sit on it then? Um. All right. It's bad. Like it's real bad. Not the game. The game mode itself is fine. That's that's kind of what you know. It's a standard, yeah. you know, um, you know, player campaign. Go up through the academy. Go to a club. Uh, play in the reserves. Try and fight your way into the first team. Get loaned out, etc., etc. But like, I'd, if it was just that, I probably would have stopped <laughs> playing it. Um, I keep playing because I want to see the next cutscene. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they are so bad, but so brilliant at the same time like it's like the hard it is the hard thing is i think there is kind of a good story it to is, tell, it is. It's, it's just like not this it's story so badly acted and yeah um oh and man. i think the biggest the um biggest red flag for this was when e3 the guy that plays the main character 
got up on stage and delivered lines like he was delivering Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I realised... Like, and he's not a bad actor. Like, he was in the Doctor Who Christmas special, that guy, and he was all right in yeah. that. But in this, he is terrible. He does not, he's not relatable as a no. kid that was brought up in, like, inner city London. <laughs> but they take, like, they take the game, like, so oh, unbelievably yeah. seriously. And it's like, oh, and yeah. stuff happens and it doesn't make any sense at all. So, like, once I got out of the academy, you, you get offered, like, a professional contract and you can pick any Premier League club. Yeah. Um, and it's like pick one who's a big t- a big club that you won't get much game time in, or pick a smaller club that you won't get paid as much, but you'll get more chance to pick uh, get game time. So I was like, okay, I'll pick Bournemouth because um, they kind of play oh, okay. you know reasonably attractive football. Um, and then like not long into your campaign as a Bournemouth player, they sign Harry Kane from Tottenham, and it's like that would never happen. No. Nope. Um, and I knew that was the case, so I deliberately picked to be Tottenham because I was like, then I'll just see what happens. And they signed Di Maria instead. Oh my god! Which again, unlike, I'm very unlikely to happen. Yeah. yeah. Not out, not completely impossible, no. but very unlikely. But yeah, Harry Kane moving to anywhere else in England that isn't like Manchester United <laughs> or Chelsea is probably not going to. There's happen. so many ridiculous. Like uh, you get into there. the Bournemouth team, and then the first thing that happens, you go on a pre-season tour. Uh, in America, yeah. uh, first game of the preseason tour, you bump into Marco Royce in a corridor, and it's like Marco Royce knows who this kid is. He knows his name, and it's like he's a he's an unknown youth player for a, from a, a small English club from the south coast. Marco Royce does not know who he is, um, and then like yeah, and like a youngster that had to try out as well at a relatively old yeah. age. It's not like he's been playing for them since like the under twelves or something. No, uh, and then cringeworthy uh, post-match interview with Hamas uh, Rodriguez after you play Real Madrid in a friendly, and he's name dropping Alex Hunter as well. And uh, oh god, like the, the thing that that's made me stop. I had to pause the game because I couldn't stop laughing. Was when Harry Kane first makes his appearance, um, and. He's he's a funny looking fella in real life anyway, but his player model yes. in um in FIFA he looks like Frankenstein, and <laughs> his <laughs> acting is so bad. And he put hello, I'm, I'm yeah. Harry Kane, pleased to be at the club, and I couldn't stop laughing. It's so bad that I love it, and I can't wait to see the next cutscene. Yeah. It's so good. Um, At the moment, I've... Um, how far are you into the season? Uh, not that yeah. far. Like, So I've, I played a decent chunk for, for Bournemouth. I thought I was fighting my way into the first team. And then you get sent out on loan, which I'm assuming just, just happens. Um, Pick Newcastle, because that was one of yeah, the teams. Yeah, it does just happen. Um, um, what was I going to say? I smashed my way. Through, I was doing really well for Tottenham mm. and then still got loaned out. Yeah. So yeah, it happens, whatever. Um, yeah, so then I picked... Uh, Newcastle was one of the teams I got uh, the choice to, to go on loan to, so... I was a bit annoyed yeah. when Alex threw a hissy fit because he was having to go to Newcastle. I was like, you should be happy. Um, yeah. You should be honoured <laughs> to play for the Magpies. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, oh, it's it, it's gone a bit weird. Like um, The team selection for Newcastle, uh, they're not actually playing a lot of the first team players. Um, so I'm having to share a pitch with Sammy Amiobi and a bunch of youth yeah. players um so it's it's actually harder than it probably should be uh yeah but i'm not i'm not too far in into it really but uh and i understand it gets quite there's like a lot of tension between alex and his childhood mate and whatnot and stuff to come and yeah. i can't wait for it um, it's like 
It's like somewhere between EastEnders and uh, the movie Goal. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch Dream Team that used to be on Sky One? Uh, I've seen very the old episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very like, yeah, it's very hammy and yeah. terrible. Yeah, super trashy. Really, really enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, there's some annoying things about it that I didn't realise at first. Um, it doesn't matter how terrible you're playing, a lot of the headlines will still say how much you're like ripping it up at Newcastle. Yeah. And I only found, like, I'm doing well in my game, and I only found out because uh, one of my mates back home was saying, I'm not getting the hand of this, hang of this controlling one player, I'm doing terrible, mm. but yet they're all singing my praises every time, and I was like, oh. But yeah, it doesn't seem, nothing you do seems to actually matter in the grand scheme of things. No. Which is a bit annoying. Yeah, I found that awkward controlling one player as well, so I just switched to um, control the whole team for every match. It's just more enjoyable See, I that did way. that. And then found it too. I found it too easy. Right. So then I switched back to controlling uh, just the one player, mm. and it makes it a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, I might switch back to that at some point. Um, but yeah, it's 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 dumb, uh, but it's really really entertaining. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, it's fair play to EA for putting something like this in a in a in a FIFA game because they've had stuff like yeah. this in like basketball games in the past. Um, yeah, and some other sports games, but yeah, it's it's good. Um, and they've confirmed there's another season coming in FIFA 18. It's exciting with stuff. the same, what well, the same character with with. Yeah. Oh my god! Still telling Alex Hunter's story. Oh yeah. man! All right, yeah. Mm. Then is he going to send you back as a um, kid? <laughs> don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Well, I think if but, it's anything like the NBA ones, you only play one season of the story mm. and then it's done. Um, so I guess they have the story of his second season to tell. Well, if that is definitely true, yeah. then I'm, I'm sold. I'm getting FIFA 18 on day one. <laughs> I, need to, I need more of this story. <laughs> I don't need a soap opera. I've got FIFA. You know what it reminds journey. me of? I don't know if my dad used to get the Sun um, and the Soon Strips, and one of them was Striker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it just re- listening to you talk about it, it just reminds me of that when this guy who. I can't remember, was it Mel- Melchester? Oh, I but it's, that was Roy the Rovers, wasn't it? Yeah. And he just put, got put in these situations where you just be like, no footballer would be ever in these yeah. situations. Yeah, it's basically like that. Um, I, I, I like the, the con- when you first start playing for an actual club, the constant references, both from all the, the characters in the, the cutscenes and from the commentators, multiple times during a match about uh, Alex Hunter's granddad being a former professional. Yep. They'll like it gets mentioned in the cutscene and then you go straight into a game and it gets mentioned at the beginning of the game and then ten minutes into the match one of the commentators will say, Um, yeah, a lot of people don't realise that Alex Hunter's grandfather, blah 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 and it's like, You just told me this. Mm. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I love it. <laughs> it's so bad but it's so yeah, good. It's, but like it's an overall exactly package. Like FIFA seventeen playing. is pretty rammed hey, it's packed full of stuff yeah there's every option for every way you want to mm. play like every fan like the uh, ultimate team adds new features there's the career mode that you're playing mm-hmm. there's the be a pro mode yeah there's be a pro mode online there's uh friendly seasons for each different version yeah like they do really pack it on yeah they definitely mm-hmm. crammed a lot of stuff in there yeah i'm interested to see what they add uh this season coming 
more sure. more FIFA the journey please more of that <laughs> more cameos more bad cameos from footballers and maybe some yeah. from managers as well like is uh, is Jose Mourinho in the campaign at all uh, not that I've witnessed yeah because no. his performance on stage at EA uh, at E3 was oh wow. yeah where he was uh, shaping up to Peter Moore yeah <laughs> <laughs> so bad yeah I really oh, hope I really hope he's in it next year um Anyway, moving on. Um, the game that I can having to confess to buying, although half buying, I only paid for half of it. Buying. All right, whatever. Wow. I paid money for. Uh, was steep yeah. uh, on PS4. It's the current deal of the week, uh, so probably won't be by the time this episode comes out. Um, it was like twenty five quid, but if you buy your PSN credit in the right place, that's twenty quid. Uh, and I went halvesies with the misses on it. Um, so, I love snowboarding. Uh, I haven't been able to go for quite a long time, but I love it. And I love snowboarding games. Uh, I used to play old SSX games and 1080 snowboarding and whatnot. I even really, really liked the last SSX on uh, 360 and uh, PS3 from what, three or four years ago. Do you remember that yeah. one? They gave it away free on PS Plus a while ago. It didn't sell very well, uh, which is a shame because it was, it was a really good SSX game. But... All those games have been like super dumb, um, arcadey. Uh, yeah. But over the top. Yeah. 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 Um, Steep is a little bit different. It's a little bit more simmy, I guess. It's still not fully like realistic, but it's like uh, it's a massive open world mountain range. You you can start at any point you want and then just go for a free ride or do any number of um, competitions like uh, on snowboard, uh, skis, wingsuit or parachutes. Um, you can, if when you see other players in the world, you can pull up alongside them and press square and like uh, challenge them to an on-the-spot sort of race or whatever. Or a, a trick off, or you know, any other, any, any sort of activity you want. Um, it's really, it's if like if SSX was toned to to skateboarding, what like like I say, if you draw the analogy with skateboarding, SSX was Tony Hawk's. Um, steep would be skate. So oh, okay. Um, a little bit more realistic, still not fully realistic, but like, for instance, uh, if you pull off a really crazy trick and land a little bit sketchily, um, there's like a G, G-force meter on the side, so it uh, will appear on the side of your player, uh, and if you try and then pull off another trick before they've managed to recover, they'll just fall off. Uh, or if you pull off a, a really crazy trick and you make a shaky landing, but you're traveling really, really fast, then they won't be able to recover and they'll just fall off. Um, so you've got to be a little bit more careful about landing tricks and where to pull off tricks. Um, okay. I'm really enjoying what I've played so far. I mean, I started playing it last night and then I played a little bit more this morning and then played a bunch more when I got back home from work today and when we finish recording, I'm going to jump back on it and play some more. Um, I've, got a, I've edited some footage together as well that I'm going to pop up on the um, YouTube channel because if you play with, uh, whenever you're doing any of the activities, you tap uh, L1 and it'll switch to the, the view of your helmet mounted GoPro camera and oh my god um, oh yeah yeah I tried that on the beat on the <sighs> beta, yeah 
Yeah, it's pretty vomit-inducing, isn't it? If you yeah, it's way too yeah, too much like wobble going, screen wobble going on. Yeah, like, I'm sure it's accurate. Yeah, it's but you don't well, want to be mapping, watching like, it that way. It's following your the player characters like head movement as they're like hitting the ground or um, you know going over a rough surface and there's a lot of bobble and, and whatnot. And yeah, uh, I've so I've filmed a, a recorded a few of the replays of like doing a wingsuit dive where you're going through really narrow passages between rocks or um, yeah. pulling off ridiculous tricks on a snowboard. Uh, when you watch it through the GoPro, it's just like the world just starts spinning and it's it's really crazy. Um, yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's kind of... Uh, it's, it's a bit zen-like and relaxing for me, to be honest. Like, There's music playing, but it's quite low in the mix. Um... Yeah. It's not bombastic and in your face. It's just kind of relaxing and nice to play. Uh, so for a tenor, I can't really complain. I'm going to carry on playing that for a, for a good while. Like it came out, it was a big one at E3 and it came out six months later to... And it was a big surprise at E3 as well, wasn't it? It was just like announced at the end of the Ubisoft yeah. conference. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because it was there yeah. one more thing, wasn't mm. it? And then six months later... And it came out... Um, died of death. ...to middling reviews, like... I think it sits at about 72, 73 on Metacritic. Um, some people love it, some people hate it. Uh, I'm in definitely in, so far in the camp, in the in the, in the love it camp. Um, so I don't know. It's like it's a shame there's not a demo out there for you to try because if you like snowboarding games um, and you can pick it up cheap like I did, then I definitely recommend it. Um, I'd probably recommend it to a lapsed gamer as well because it's just kind of something you can just jump into whenever and just dick about on the slopes um, and have yeah. a good time. Uh, you can play as little or as much as you want. But um, yeah, that's steep. Um, oh yeah, one more game I wanted to talk about briefly because uh, I know you wanted to hear about it, Adam. Uh, I played some of the um, Tom Clancy's um, oh, yeah, yeah. Ghost, Ghost Recon, Recon yeah. Wildlands Cocaine Smuggler Simulator game. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I've only managed to play a couple of hours of it. Um, it's kind of cool. It's like it's a big open world. I mean, it, the, the, the full map looks absolutely massive, but the area you could play in the beta was still pretty huge. Uh, like mountainous area in Bolivia. Um, where you and up to four players. If you're playing on your own, then you've got like three AI companions who are pretty useless. But if you're playing with other people, then it's pretty cool. Um, sort of like coordinating attacks, um, trying to be as stealthy as possible. You can't really get into gunfights because you'll die real quick. It's definitely supposed to be more of a stealth game. Um, but then it's also got like... It's kind of got quite a lot in common with early just cause before that series went really mad um so like okay you can go and oh, there's helicopters and planes and you can just stop people on the road and steal their cars and you can go all over the place you can drive up mountainsides on mo on motorbikes and stuff it's just a it's like putting um a four-player cooperative stealth third-person shooter in a big open world um which is a really cool concept. Uh, it sounds cool, yeah. Yeah, it's just playing on your own is a bit meh. Uh, but playing with friends is 
seems really cool. Uh, there's loads of little things to do and about like going and um, marking supplies for the for the rebels to go and collect and finding uh, intel and new weapons parts so you can put a new scope on certain weapons and things like that. Uh, um, it seems like it could be a really cool game, but it's going to be one of those that kind of like lives or dies on how how well it sells uh, and well not even that like how much of a player base sticks around. Like you need um, and not even like like I said the same thing with Ali last week about For Honor, um, but this even more so it's because like this is not going to be the sort of game that you're going to want to play with randoms because you need to be quite coordinated no. to play it well. Totally. So, yeah. same as like something like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, you're going to need to have mm -hmm. a group of friends who are also going to have it and are also going to be playing it regularly. Or you're going to need to set up like a regular gaming night. It's going to be... It's... Yeah, it's... It's going to... It's There's definite caveats as to whether I think it would be the game for you or not. Like if if you've got mates, huh. I know you've got it pre-ordered, haven't you? Yeah, um, and I'm kind of loath to cancel my pre-order at this point just because of how heavy the discount mm. was. But I'm hoping I had somebody I played a bit of the division with, and I think he's getting it yeah. as well. Like yeah, if you've got other so people to play with, then with uh, like absolutely, uh, it seems like it would be a really cool game. Yeah, so I might be alright. Yeah. Mm. But it's like you know, it's any, it's like any of those sort of games, like Destiny. You need people really to play with. Um, yeah. The Division as well. Um, it seems like it's got quite a lot in common with those games. Like you're you're persistent leveling up and acquiring new loot and new uh, add-ons for your um, for for your guns and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it definitely seems like you could have quite a bit in common with those games, but but with like helicopters and planes and cars and crazy off-road vehicles yeah. and boats and the entire what looks like quite a large chunk of Bolivia to play in um, so yeah it seems quite cool um, we'll wait and see what the final the finished product is again it's the mm. second time I've said this in as many weeks but another game beta <laughs> uh, which is not a beta it was it was a technical test a stress test you don't call your game a beta. Uh, don't call it your, your beta a beta finished, yeah. if your game has already gone gold and they're already printing discs. It annoys me. I, yeah. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. It's a closed beta, open beta. We always had worse before it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't matter. It's none of those things. <laughs> it's like they're called. Like there is a uh, another beta for For Honor, like an open one. Uh, three days mm. before the game launches, is like that is oh, absolutely not. Yeah. That's a that's mm. just a that's, just call it a stress test. It's a server stress test to make sure that you've got enough servers spun up for when the game comes out. That's it. We'll just go back to calling it a demo. <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah. wrong with that? Yeah, one? a time demo. Yeah, yeah, anything like. I know, very strange. Yeah, but yeah, um, seems like it could be <clears throat> an interesting game. Um, uh, I think I I definitely go along um, with you, Adam. Say that Fire Emblem Heroes is definite pickup for a for a lapsed gamer, especially as it's completely free and you don't have to spend any money. Uh, the microtransactions, at least in the early game so far, seem pretty pointless. Um, mm -hmm. Unless you're yeah. really in a hurry and you don't mind spending lots of money on uh, quite a lot of money for not a lot of orbs, um, 
FIFA as well, uh, and yeah, I'd recommend Steep as well. To be honest, I think yeah, all, all three of those games are cracking yeah. um, games for Laps Gamer. Okay, so moving on to the news. Um, first bit of news is PS4 is finally getting support for external hard drives after yeah. th- what, three years? Yeah, it's no, not quite three years. three years. Yeah, three years. Um, well, yeah, yeah, just over three years. Um, Xbox One's had it since launch, I believe. Uh, give or take, pretty much. Yeah, it was added pretty soon right. after. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's never been too much of a faff to act to physically, at least, to replace the hard drive on a, on a PS4. Uh, on the regular PS4, you just slide the top panel off, undo a screw, and the casing slides out. And on the PS4 Pro, it just slides out of a slot in the back. Um, but it's a, been a real faff once you've upgraded a hard drive to then reinstall the operating system. Uh, and then either transfer over your games from the other old hard drive or start downloading them again and reinstalling them from scratch. Uh, so it's not a major consideration for me you know, because I've got a two terabyte hard drive in mine and it's going to be quite a while before that's filled up, but it's nice that yeah. it's finally a feature. Yeah, because um, doing all that process to get it working isn't for everyone, is it? Nope, I'm nope. sure some people it find a it. a pain in the ass. So yeah, it's a good feature. It makes it more seamless for the regular gamer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've had to do it twice. When I upgraded the hard drive of my original PS4, and then when I transferred that hard drive over to the PS4 Pro, I had to do it all over again. Um, It was a bit of a pain. Um, There are a few other bits and pieces in the the update uh, as well, but the main... uh, One of the other main things was the fact that... um, uh, actually, I don't know if this is in this this update or whether it's going to be in another future update. But apparently, PS4 Pro is getting another update. So um, <clears throat> at the moment, um, games are patched on an ad hoc basis depending on the developer. Uh, most Sony first-party games uh, have been getting PS4 Pro patches. It was noted at sessions like Drive Club's not getting one. Um, or hasn't had one so far, mm-hmm. but you know, like Uncharted 4, Last of Us Remastered, Infamous Second Son, games like that, they've all been getting um, uh, PS4 Pro uh, patches, uh, unfortunately not Bloodborne, uh, and then quite a lot of um, third-party games, uh, Titanfall, Battlefield 1, um, Overwatch has oh. a patch, uh, doesn't actually change the graphics of the game at all, but the HUD displays in 4K, which is <laughs> great. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know how I lived without that. Um, uh, yeah, there are quite a few games that I've got have gotten a, a, an update, but they're kind of, if you look at the grand scheme of things, a bit of a drop in the ocean. Um, and there's not been that much support for older games, with the exception of Shadow of Mordor getting a 4K update, which was kind of crazy, uh, Diablo 3, and um, Ubisoft have recently patched... Um, uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate 
to run in uh, 1440p or 1800 or whatever it was, uh, up-res version of, of that game, which is uh, getting on for two years old. Um, but yeah, not a lot of games have full support. Um, it's completely up to the developer, or at least the publisher and the developer to actually do that. Uh, so this update that's coming will apparently make older games that aren't patched run slightly better um, with a more consistent frame rate. I don't think they're going to improve the visuals at all, they won't upscale the visuals at all, but games like um, Bloodborne, which could sometimes struggle uh, and drop quite a bit below the 30 frames a second that it was the 30 frames a second target, uh, will apparently run at a more consistent 30 frames a second. Um, because at the moment, uh, the Pro is in a weird place. Like, I'm really glad I got mine. Because um, I've got 4K TV and quite a lot of the games that I like to play have been significantly up-resed. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's still, it's kind of, it's not, it's not had the support that I think Sony envisioned. Um, going forward, I think it will. Like lots of games coming out now, first party and third party uh, are providing support, but it's not really, the developers haven't really done a huge amount to the back catalogue. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's in a bit of a weird place where it's kind of like, do you really need one? Or can you make do with a regular PS4? And for 99% of people, it's yeah. like, mm, I could probably make do with a regular PS4. Um, so actually making use of that power to make older games run a little bit better is a good move I reckon mm-hmm. I still don't think it will convince people um, but I think this is going to this is going to be a similar problem when the Scorpio comes out as well for sure like yeah. it will have it will have really good support from first party Microsoft games uh, and some of the bigger third party games um, might Run uh, might bring out a patched version that runs better, higher frame rate, um, high resolution, uh, you know, up to native 4K. Then again, uh, though, I don't have much faith in Microsoft necessarily making sure all their first party titles do because they added HDR with the Xbox One S and said that all first party titles will now have HDR. Halo Wars mm. 2 comes out in two, three weeks, doesn't have HDR yeah. support. So is that of, something that they'll patch later? They've said it. There's no plans to. So, hmm. um, so it's That's a bit of a weird. bit of a weird one. So I don't know. I still kind yeah. of worry like where they are with all that stuff, and whether they do mm. care enough about it, or whether it's just uh, going forward. I'm not sure. This is going to be a really interesting E3 this year, I think, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where they'll officially announce what the Scorpio is going to be called and show it off. Uh, and show some, hopefully show some gameplay footage running on it, so we can see exactly what it can do. Yeah. Because there's been so many yeah. rumors floating about. Uh, the latest one I heard was like it's got 50% more power than the PS4 Pro, and the PS4 Pro is 2.3 times more powerful than regular PS4. So uh, it's quite a jump. That is a jump. If yeah. that's true. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah well, definitely, yeah. for sure. It's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be cheap. It'll no. be more expensive than the Pro. Um, that's one another worry I've got. Is it's like it's starting to get into the price point of like you could probably build a PC for that price. Um, yeah, definitely. But you know, we'll see. I, we could be wrong. They could it, it could come out at three hundred and fifty quid. We don't. We just don't know. We'll 
we'll find out for sure later in the year, I imagine, because it's out, what, uh, towards the end of this year, isn't it? Yeah, fall they sort said, of time. yeah, they said fall, autumn, so yeah. Yeah. Like, unless they pull a Nintendo, I'd imagine they're going to do it at E3. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Or around then. They'll probably do a video on show, like the, the manufacturers have got in show. Possibly, so yeah. So probably some sort of maybe Xbox yeah. thing, maybe August or June before E3 or something. Just They might just do it there just to get out of the way for E3. And then um, E3 just focus on That's the true. games. What, do you reckon they'll announce it before uh, E3? I think so. I mean, Sony did the PlayStation 4 in mm. February and a bit of E3, I think it was. Yeah, then so did yeah. uh, Xbox. They announced the Xbox One before E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like Sony, uh, didn't uh, then they didn't announce the Xbox One. Oh, sorry, the PS4 Slim or the PS4 Pro at E3, and then waited until like mm. September, I think it was, and have for the play whatever the PlayStation experience is. Um, yeah, we could. Yeah, I, I don't think it'd be E3. I think it'd be E3, but I think more people focus on the games. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But these sort of half-step mm. consoles are in a weird place at the moment. So, oh, it'll be interesting sure. to see yeah. what happens. Yeah, so, all you LEGO Dimension fans out there, including Kev. Including oh. um, <laughs> Kev. Number one fan. Kev, Kev is the <laughs> LEGO <laughs> Dimensions fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get your wallets ready, um, because in May you've got LEGO Goonies, LEGO City and Hermione from Harry Potter arriving. Um, so... LEGO Dimensions second year continues on the 12th of May with the release of the Goonies level pack um, a LEGO City undercover I believe it's probably like a fun pack and Hermione it looks like it's going to be a fun pack um, looking at the LEGO Dimensions Goonies you get um, Sloth, the ship and the organ with the skeleton if you remember that uh, vaguely yeah, do you remember they had to play the um, tunes and behind the falls, the floors falling apart and going into oh, a big It's been pit. a long time since I watched the Goonies. Oh, Same. you better yeah. watch them. for so long. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth watching. But yeah, Sloth, the pirate organ, skeleton mm. organ. Looks really good. And yeah, I'll be picking that up as well. Yeah. Like, if, like, if you don't mind spending money on the toys, uh, Lego Dimensions is the game that is the, the gift that keeps on giving, it seems like. There's a shitload of content uh, if you don't mind buying lots of little packs. Yeah, but it's um, cheap. You, you can pick it yeah. up free for two. But imagine, where, where yeah, else can yeah. you get Gremlins now these days? Mm. Um, Knight Rider, A Team, uh, Mission Impossible, and now the Goonies. In yeah, one game. and I quite like the fact that you can like throw them in all over the place. Like I played um, some of the multiplayer uh, modes in um, uh, Eurogamer, and um, you would got like characters from mm. Ghostbusters. We're in with like um, Jake from Adventure Time, and like characters from IPs that should never meet, uh, dicking about in a big Lego world. So. It does, yeah, it is really cool. It's like I, I should have really got in when um, there was those crazy sales on the starter pack when the mm. starter packs were down to like twenty quid in some places. Um, I should have got on it then because now it's gone right back up to full price. But 
I think ne- yeah, next time I see it dirt cheap, I might pick up the starter pack because I've heard enough good things to to want to get in there. But I don't know if I can support a like I, I've got a crippling amiibo addiction. I can't I can't support Lego Both, toys yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, the next news story is about a group of YouTubers that got fined for um, basically running an illegal. Uh, FIFA gambling scam, I guess, or it wasn't really a scam, mm-hmm. but so uh, Dylan Rigby and Craig Douglas, I guess, are two guys that ran a website called Fut Galaxy that allowed their nearly uh, 1.4 million users could go on there and gamble virtual currency earned in FIFA. So they kind of got charged with gambling operating a gambling business without a license and then they also got done in for advertising unlawful gambling i guess they didn't announce that <laughs> the, one of the guys craig douglas was actually the youtuber and he would advertise fuck galaxy and say what a great site it was but he didn't say that he was a business partner um so then they kind of got done for advertising and they both they could have faced jail time because it's a pretty serious thing i guess it's like you can't operate a casino effect an online casino without having um a license uh, so they both pleaded guilty but then they got away with rigby had to pay charges of 174 thousand pounds and then his friend uh, craig douglas had to pay ninety-one thousand pounds which might seem quite high but then when you look wow. they made an operating profit in the last quarter of mm-hmm. ninety-six thousand pounds so they were doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah. Um, and then they've been told, like, they've admitted that they earned a pretty good living from it. Um, and then I guess one of them tweeted afterwards after the verdict, said he owed a huge apology for the family and close friends for putting them through the process and appreciate all those that stood by him. It's a bit weird, though. He didn't apologise to all the people that he potentially scammed out of money. Well, this is um, it. I mean, if you think about it, it was going to get scammed. It's going to be most of the kids, isn't it? Oops, yeah, well, that's there. the uh, the one example they give is one 14-year-old boy lost £586 in one day. Quite how he had <laughs> access to that much money, I'm not too sure. Because, um, yeah, you're basically using your virtual currency to place bets on matches, mm. which in itself is open to abuse, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just worth bearing in mind. You know, we have a lot of laps gamers who perhaps don't realise a lot of these things mm. aren't what they see. Because, like, this Counter-Strike has a huge gambling on in-game items as well. So just keep more bit of information as well as news. People should keep an eye out on these scams and don't buy currency off third-party sellers or anything. Or just keep mm. the currency in the game yeah. and use it as it's intended, I guess. But they should have learnt from what happened with the the, the CS:GO debacle um, yeah. from in the summer because like yeah I mean well this has gone a lot worse than that because that just ended up with some some bad PR for those YouTubers for a little while but then um, one of them I can't remember his name um, I know the guy you mean he was I don't remember, yeah. yeah he was he was at Eurogamer like with his own stage. Uh, selling his own merch with like pre-teen mm. kids queuing up for hours to go and meet him. Um, so yeah, it's and this another... one's actually ended up with uh, uh, mm. you know having to 
court-ordered fines. Yeah, it's another example of like this internet cult of personality, isn't it? But it's like mm-hmm. people using it. It's one thing if you're kicking a bit of money towards a Patreon. It's another thing mm-hmm. if you're like trying to get people to gamble money, and especially kids and stuff. Like that's not yeah. okay. Like you can't gamble till no. you're 18. Like why is a 14 year old mm-hmm. kid racking up debts? No, it's fucked up, and like they're just taking advantage of their fans, uh, abusing the influence they have on the internet, and it's it's a slimy move, and they're both a bunch of. Yeah, but partly it's because (laughs) um, they're not mainstream media. You know, if you had someone like Beckham doing this shit, um, it'd be vilified by all the press, left, right, and centre. This is like Mm. a oh, it's just a video game thing. People don't understand it. And so yeah. it goes unnoticed by parents. Because they don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, the kids might know, but they don't give no. a shit. Oh, we just like that personality. It does YouTube videos. I do my FIFA currency. No. So unless it... I mean, this one's gotten reported on like the BBC page, and I think yeah. it's on the Guardian page. It's as well. Yeah, it's it buried. Get, yeah. But it'll get buried. It'll get buried straight away. And like the, the, the CSGO thing, that was all over like Eurogamer and Kotaku and Polygon and whatnot. Uh, but I don't think got any no. any coverage in like the national press. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like it's a big deal in the gaming world. Uh, but to, you know, the average gamer still doesn't read video game websites, I don't think. Mm. No. Uh, only, only really gaming enthusiasts do. Uh, and well, they might buy magazines, mm. which might not necessarily mm. cover this kind of thing. Like, they might go buy Games Master exactly. magazine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of stuff. It's like even paying those fines, um, mm. they'll continue to have massive fan bases on the internet, and will continue to rake in lots of YouTube money. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, this is it. But it's a big game. You know, it's a big deal in the video game world. But this is um, harming kids. You know, yeah. and it's but mainstream doesn't care. It just says, "Oh, we don't understand it possibly, so we're not going to report it. It's not going to be a big news." But they don't know who's really, at, at really in danger, and it's for kids mainly. Mm-hmm. You know, the teenagers who play these games are in danger. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um. I think the the only way it would become like a big thing in the press is if it became massively yeah. widespread, like um, the uh, for a while it's become a little bit tightened up now. But do you remember for a while when um, we first started to see free to play mobile games with really aggressive microtransactions in yeah. that were deliberately targeting kids. Mm. Yeah, um, and then you always get that picture, don't you, in the newspaper of the mum sat next to the son looking sullen <laughs> on a sofa yeah. or something. Yeah, she's like, he's racked up like a thousand pounds worth of uh, <laughs> credit card bills with microtransactions in some dumb little game. And it's like when that was a that, that that was quite a big thing for a while, and so that got some traction in in um, in uh, major in mainstream news. Um, and thankfully, that kind of died out a little bit. Uh, it's not quite so aggressive these days. Um, but yeah, it, it, the only way this would get any traction in mainstream media, I think, is if it was yeah. became a lot more widespread. And I really hope that doesn't happen. No. But um, yeah. On this, on the other hand, though, uh, don't be stupid enough to gamble um, 
with FIFA Ultimate Team Currency Online. <laughs> Don't that. be stupid enough to gamble with uh, CSGO skins. Uh, yeah. Don't believe internet scams. No. And then finally, I guess, last bit of news is a new trailer came out for a new uh, Time Splitters game, which is a long dormant uh, franchise. The tra- There's not a lot to see in the trailer. It kind of just has lots of swirling like time crystals around and a voiceover before revealing the title of the game is uh, Time Splitters Rewind. And that quite clearly it says 2018 and then slowly the 2018 rolls back to 2017. So it's coming oh. out this year. <laughs> so it's a reimagining of the franchise, um, combining elements of the f- first three games. At the moment, it's going to be uh, multiplayer only. What's most interesting about it, though, is it's not designed. So Free Radical made the first games, and they got bought by Crytek and became part of Crytek subsequently. This was started mm-hmm. off as a fan project, right. and then Crytek gave their approval for access to the actual official Time Splitters assets. So it just shows you how, I'm looking at Nintendo mostly, Ooh. how if um, a developer wants to do stuff like fan developers, then there is a right way to kind of deal with it. And it's quite yeah. disappointing because like, Nintendo shut this stuff down straight away like that AMR2 or whatever it was, the Metroid mm. remake that was a remake of the original Metroid in the style of well, like Super Metroid. Even Sega embrace it because uh, um sonic mania is yeah, that it's called made by people that have made fan games yeah yeah it's a fan basically a, an officially endorsed fan remake uh what is it christian whitehead who's made a bunch of yeah. remakes in the past it, he they got him mm. on board and gave him the resources to make a proper sonic game yeah. uh, and square yeah. enix have something don't they where you can submit proposals to use their licenses yeah, I don't mm. think anything's come out of it yet, but at least it's there. It's just refreshing to see, and Time Crisis mm. was a great multiplayer game back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to see. Yeah, I think there was something... But was it THQ as well? Some THQ licenses were open up for people when they... Oh, yeah, um, they, went, they went up for auction. No, wasn't that yeah. when they so like went play. broke? Yeah. <laughs> Mm. No, no, it was something recent. So, yeah, maybe it was I don't something know. anyway. No, I don't know either. Um, yeah, no, I just thought their license was still floating about from when they went when they went broke. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, new time splitters. Yeah, it's exciting. Who'd have mm. thunk it? Eh, all these old IP coming back all of a sudden. Yeah, we're getting like an Crap old for the re- rapper. Yeah, it's like an old Renaissance. Crash of Bandicoot. Dead things. Yeah. Yeah, um, new like Sonic, we, a new 2D Sonic game coming yeah. out. And we're getting Ukulele, which is, for all intents and purposes, a new banjo game. So it's yeah, like, it's a cool time. I always, like you were talking about Steep before, I always like to see things mm. that are a bit different. Um, yeah, not the same old franchises we kind of got stuck to. Most Time Splitters is still an old franchise. It did something different and funnier and goofy. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it wasn't a serious shooter in the Call of Duty or Battlefield mold. It was meant to be a bit more ridiculous. It's cool to see. Yeah, and it's it, to be honest, it's, it's the kind of thing that's it's, at the moment it's being left to Nintendo. Really, they're the ones doing yeah. like the bonkers stuff. It's like, you know, whether or not you like the games, it's like Splatoon and Arms. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're like nobody's making games quite like that. Whereas, like, it's nice. It'd be nice to see some of these like crazy old IP come back. Yeah, definitely. I like. Wish they'd make a new Parappa the Rapper. 
because that one even even the new have you, have you played uh whether you played any of the the remake the the, the hd remake of rapper the rapper i played no. the demo yeah it's great. yeah it's oh god it's it it's still great but it looks <laughs> rough <laughs> it looks really it looks every bit its age um yeah make a new one please uh yeah that's kind of cool 27 so it's coming out this year coming out this year apparently yep there's no actual gameplay footage yet so they've been making it since hmm. 2012 yeah and I guess it's only just, just recently yeah it's only recently that Crytek gave their approval for it to go ahead because I guess they have no intention of making a proper no. game yeah so it's coming out on PC and possibly PS4 so I presume it'll come out on Xbox One as well at some point Mm. Unless Sony snap it up as part of the list. <laughs> oh yeah, building the list. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, just a quick reminder: we've still got our free game giveaway going. Uh, we'll post the link um, to the the list in the show notes. As uh, you can go on there and uh, put your your name, put down your, like your your email or your your Twitter handle uh, next to the game you'd like. Uh, you know, you put them down next to two or three games if you want. Just don't be greedy and pick half the list because other people will want them as well. Uh, as always, you can stream or directly download our episodes as MP3s via our Podbean homepage, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. Uh, and if you're enjoying our content, then please do subscribe to the Laps Gamer Radio uh, iTunes feed. All reviews are most welcome and appreciated in order to allow our little community to thrive. Uh, you can chat with us on social media. Uh, we are at Lapsed Gamer on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook forward slash Lapsed Gamer. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Lapsed Gamer. Uh, and you can email us at lapsgamerradio at gmail.com and of course visit our blog at lapsedgamer.com where almost everyone's put up their 10 to 6 lists now I think uh, just Kevin Lee yeah we're getting that just yeah. Kevin Lee so yeah 5 out of 7 yeah. are up there so check the them out the old men are still waiting you know. yeah <laughs> it takes them know. a long time to type yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's going to be some more content going up there soon as well uh, three of us are working mm. on reviews independently, I think. Uh, yep. I've got some stuff, and I know, Adam, you've got some stuff, and I think Stu's got some stuff as well. They'll yep. be up to uploading soon. Um, you got any more articles in the pipeline, Andy, after your mammoth <laughs> summer? Um, oh, the expo. Oh, yeah, yeah, the expo yeah. article. Um, yeah, I'm going to do um, What Made Me <laughs> Lapsed of 2016. It's going to be a series of... Um, Posts on just the top ten of like board games, TV series, films, and books yeah. that kept me from video games last year. Oh, okay. The so you, <laughs> so you can use our video game website to write about stuff that stops you playing video games. Yep. Well, it's lapsed gamer. That's yeah. It. No, no, it's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess that's the end yep. of the show. So bugger off. Yeah. See you later, guys. <laughs> See you later. You're not going to
gonna stop me, you stupid ape? Play Donkey Kong on your ColecoVision, Atari VCS, or Intellivision video game system. Don't worry, darling. I'll save you. Help me.